From Outpost Media and Blue Ion, this is The Way Out There. Conversations and stories about the relationship between people and the outdoors. We interview outdoor leaders, teachers, guides, and everyday individuals who have answered a call to step into the vast beauty out there. By hearing their stories, we hope you'll be inspired to go way out there yourself. The Ville to Ville Craft Brew Relay is a 73-mile team relay from Asheville, North Carolina to Greenville, South Carolina, and the brainchild of Zach and Anna Hall. It sounds weird, but I like running in the middle of the street. So I don't like sidewalks. Um, and so hence I run early in the morning and we run in the middle of the street. This is Kyle, your sonic Sherpa for this audio adventure. We sat down with Zach to hear about how this crazy idea came to be. And we asked him to peer into his crystal ball and tell us what the future of this event looks like. If you will run for craft brew, then this episode is perfect for you. Let's get into it. So we're here with Zach Hall of the Ville to Ville Relay. Um, and first thing I want to know is how do you convince 1,500 people to run 73 miles for beer? Um, I think the last word you said sort of <laughs> is the convincing factor. Um, you know, this this idea of, of running in beer, I think, is, is not new. Um, but definitely the... Um, that knowing that there'll be beer at the finish line was a, a nice prize and uh, a good pairing with the running. Or that in this case, beer is encouraged at the finish line and you don't have to sneak it in in a bag. Exactly. Yes. You know, it's certainly a fabric of the, of the event, you know, and, and something that, you know, we're really proud of, especially in the Western North Carolina and the upstate uh, of South Carolina, the, you know, the craft brewery industry has really taken off uh, in the last dozen years. And it looks like it'll continue to do so, um, judging by the number of new breweries that are flowing in every day. Uh, looking at uh, when you were thinking this up, uh, the crazy idea that started it, was it always beer related? Was it always relay related? Did one come first or did it kind of come full fledged? Is this what became the Ville to Ville? So I, when we moved from Kentucky in 2012, we had the idea of potentially doing a relay. Um, in the area, but it, the timing was just not right. So the, I would say the, the relay aspect came first. Um, and then in August of 2016 was when sort of the idea really came forth of uh, doing a relay around the craft beer theme. And I'll give credit to my wife for sort of the initial idea of which she wanted to run from Greenville to Asheville, then back to Greenville. Um, with around the craft beer theme, which I proceeded to tell her that no one would want to do that. Um, I, people probably would have, but I really sort of rallied behind the one day relay idea of starting and finishing the same day. And we felt like that was a niche that really isn't out in the market and definitely isn't. There's not another one day relay in this area. Um, and there's, you know, I think there's only one other in the state of South Carolina. Um, and there's just not many around the whole country right now. Yeah, it definitely seemed like a pretty unique idea. Um, and I've had conversations with people about it and I think the whole concept behind it really sticks out and it becomes a pretty natural conversation point more than any other race I've been, you know, once you get to marathon and triathlon, those are always conversation starters in and of themselves. But as far as something that is more 
a race that's approachable for most people. Um, it's definitely a lot more interesting to people than most other races like that. Yeah, and I think, you know, there were a few factors, but it, I never, there's a lot of overnight relays, and I just was never really keen or interested in doing that because I didn't want to be running at, you know, one in the morning somewhere that I didn't know what was going on. Um, and then I'd, I'd like to sleep too. So, like, there's this aspect of no sleep too. Um, that the overnight relay has. And so for us to really rally behind the one day relay and then really push it as a very social event where you are with your team and you're having fun and, you know, you know, when you start, you know, when you're going to be finished on the same day and that there's going to be a big party at the end. It's sort of like this, you know, it's culmination of the whole day at the, at the very end. And you really just had, there was a, a lot of people had a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a blast. We all enjoyed it. Um, and you could tell, that pretty much everyone else there was having fun as well. I think the whole event for me is encapsulated in the memories of the Bruise Brothers team. Yes. And uh, I just hope they got that van back to a good enough point that they could return it without too much financial loss. Right. I think he told me it was a $500 damage waiver or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, I'm not sure I believe him that they rented a van and then painted it, but... That's what he told me. It's a bold choice. Yes. Um, before coming back to the Vildeville, to kind of take it even further back, growing up, were you into running the outdoors, all these things that kind of got, I would say beer, but, you know, growing up, <laughs> there's a certain age where we right. pretend that wasn't the case. Um, but everything that, in my mind, is what this Vildeville relay is about, which is being outside, being in nature, experiencing what there is between Asheville and Greenville and then running with a group of other people that are just as crazy as you are. Right. Um, so I, I grew up, I was born in the mid seventies. And so, you know, I think when I turned five is when my parents turned me loose in the neighborhood and I would, could, you know, go within a mile of the house, um, and be outside and was very fortunate. And I lived, my neighborhood was one street. It just went from the sort of main road and down, which I thought probably was a mile long, but it probably was only a quarter mile. Um, long, but I was lucky to have neighbors that were literally the exact same age. I had a uh, friend across the street that was one day younger than me and another that was two days younger than me. So we were in the same grade, same age, friends, and just our parents let us go outside and play. And, you know, we didn't have, I think I ended up actually getting an Atari, but like we didn't have the electronics or the things that kept us inside. So we went outside and explored. Um, and our neighborhood was bordered by uh, woods and a creek on one side and uh, basically a, a farm on the other. Um, and so we explored a lot of stuff outside at a young age. And I'm really, you know, I can't believe my parents actually let us go out. And But I remember just getting my parents going on the front porch and be like, dinner's ready. You know, that call of like, come home. And I'd be like, oh, I got to get home, you know. So a lot of time on my bicycle, a lot of time in the woods, in the creek, you know, just doing kid, little boy, kid stuff, you know. I lived there until I was 10. Um, and, you know, you when you're a kid, you run. Like, you know, you, when you get to go from point A to point B, you just run. Like yeah, that's there's pretty, one speed. Right. So, like, you just you just run. So I never really ran, like, intentionally out just to go out for a run. It was always really involved in some type of sporting athletic activity. Um, but I liked running, just not long distances. 
Uh, and then in college, you know, when you, you stop doing as much physical activity, especially, you know, I played intramural sports in college, but definitely the activity level went down. Um, you know, you start putting on a few pounds and you start looking into the mirror of like, all right, what am I really going to do here? Um, so my, my girlfriend at the time, that's now my wife, um, she started running and then I went for a run with her and I struggled to run two miles. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start running too. Uh, and this is when I was in graduate school at Auburn and sort of, we just started running and we got in really into, um, like running little road races, 5k races, 10k. I did a marathon in 2000. I did the Marine Corps marathon and that was my first and only marathon so far. Um, but I actually signed up for another one in this November. So we'll see how that goes. 18 year hiatus. Um, so running really became a, a part of our life. And then I was fortunate enough to work a job with the YMCA where we had, we hosted running events. So I sort of was able to learn about the process of organizing a program through a lot of what I was doing, but also specifically a running event. And being a runner and organizing a running, running event, I felt like I had a little bit of an advantage of like, what would I want in this? And how do I improve the runner experience? And, um, you know, what's fun for me? Is that going to be fun for everybody or the masses? Maybe. Um, but it gave me a little bit more perspective, I think, as from as being a runner um, to help formulate the event and sort of led to this path of, um, you know, a job that I love, you know, and, and, and we had so much fun planning this event. Um, and I'm straying off from being outdoors, but like, that's a, the area that we ran from, um, you know, there were some cities, but we ran on trails, we ran on greenways, you know, country roads that, you know, that were really scenic and like, you don't, when you're in a car and you're driving the course, the race course, you don't see a lot of that stuff. And, um, and when you're running, you definitely see it. We, but we bike the whole course in February, uh, over two days. And that really gave us a good perspective of, we were like, wow, this is actually really cool spot to be. And I think we think people are going to like some of this, um, from a, you know, from a scenery standpoint and being outside. Um, so that was, it's been good really good i would say the scenic aspect was definitely achieved because i was i ran the first leg for our team um mostly because there were trails in it i did not pay attention until the week before to the elevation mentioned on that so that was a mistake um but you know running as the sun's coming up and you kind of it was interesting at first because you're starting you're basically like you're going to run to the back corner of this parking lot and turn left by that tree and i'm just like where are they sending us this is some big hoax uh, we're running into a trap, but then you end up back in these neighborhoods and down by some parks there and up into the trails and sun's coming up through this whole thing. And it's a bunch of area I'd never seen in Asheville. And then our whole team was talking down. I think it was old 25. We were driving down there and we were all talking just about how amazing the views were, how scenic it was, how nice it'd be to uh, be running at that point. We might've said that because we were going downhill at the time. Whenever we were driving uphill, we just shook our heads and felt bad for everyone currently running. Um, but that was, that was definitely a big part of it. And I think a big bonus to a lot of people that may not have thought about what the experience while running was going to be outside of just running and, you know, being that slightly competitive race aspect. Yeah. And I think, you know, you can get, you can sort of get lost in your surroundings 
you know, and have that absorb you instead of being thinking about like, I'm running and I'm trying to run faster than I normally do. And I've got to keep going and I'm at mile, half mile, I'm at a mile. Um, when you have that scenery around you that you're like, wow, this is kind of neat. Or you've got to focus if it's dark and you're on a trail, you know, and you've got a headlamp, you know, like you, you know, you're focusing on different things instead of actually focusing on the running. Um, and it makes it a little bit easier unless you hit tackle some of those big hills. Um, but yeah, it was, um, not intentional to have a scenic course, um, but as we were developing it, we found some spots that were like, this would be really neat. And the Mountains to Sea Trail was a prime example. We were not ever thinking we would be on that. We were really more focused on trying to, to get onto the Blue Ridge Parkway. Um, but a natural fit was to actually be on the Mountains to Sea Trail to get to the Blue Ridge Parkway um, before getting off. Um, so that was... We my original idea was to run like nine miles on the Blue Ridge Parkway and get out of Asheville a complete different direction, um, and it just didn't it didn't pan out for for some reason. But I think our final product was so much so much better. Yeah, it was a really cool start. And speaking of start, you had mentioned YMCA before. Um, that is actually the gig you were in when you and I met. We were both in past lives. That's right. Uh, in a little different spots at this point, but. How did the transition from YMCA to this crazy team relay race that was entirely built, at least for most people around beer, like how did you go from one to the other? Because I think, you know, outside looking in, just knowing those two facts, you kind of go, how does this dot connect to this dot? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I worked for the Y for 16 years and I really started as a sort of a program director. So I was organizing programs, which this race is really just one big program. Um, you know, from start to finish, it's, 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 you know, you market, you plan, then you execute, you know, the event. And so every program is sort of like that. Um, so I had the base of doing that through the why and was very fortunate and lucky. And I, I love the why and will always will. It's been very important to my family and, and continues to be so. And, you know, it, it sort of gave me the skills and the practice um, and the experience to, to actually do this. And the original intent when we started this relay was really, let's see how it goes for a couple of years and then maybe it can turn into something bigger. We, we thought we would um, struggle to get teams to sign up and you know we, we, were, we basically budgeted to lose money the first year. And so it was, it was really an investment in an idea that we had that we thought would be really cool eventually. Um, and it just took off so quick that it was like, all right, we really actually need to invest more of your time, my time into actually working on the event and making it better. Um, because, and the why really helped me understand this, it's really all about the experience that the person has. Um, your experience is gonna be different than somebody else participating, but if we can keep everyone um, in this area where it basically your expectations are exceeded. That's, you know, that, you know, if your experience exceeds what you expect, um, then you're going to be really happy and you're probably going to do it again. So, um, that was our goal. We, you know, we knew people had expectations, um, and we wanted to deliver an experience beyond that. And now that we're beyond year one, it's, you have a different expectation. So you're going to come in with a higher expectation if you had fun 
Um, and so we have to deliver in year two a better experience. And so that cycle continues um, and it's doable. And I, I really learned that at the why on how do we, how do you make it better? Um, and there's a ton of different ways to do that. It's different for, for everyone. So um, that's, that's probably the big challenge for us in year two. How do we make it better? Well, I would, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but based on how quickly year two sold out, I'm assuming plenty of people had fun in year one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, so we were adding more teams for year two. Um, and then we basically 37 hours, we sold 350 teams. Um, and when we started this idea and so we sold out the first year in, in three days and our goal was to sell 10 teams in March of 2017. So March, 2017, we opened registration up. We wanted to sell 10 teams that month and then eventually get to 150 teams total for the race. Um, we sold 225 teams in three days um, from the get-go, 13 months out. So that like, obviously we were super excited, but like, we were like, oh my gosh, like, what do we do now? Like the course wasn't developed. Like all I had was a starting line and a finish line. And then we, I knew about the total mileage. So like, it was a lot of pressure to really to, to deliver that, that experience um, that people wanted, you know, that, that they wanted and then incorporate the craft beer theme and fun and, you know, different things along the way that improved the experience. So yeah, we, we uh, I'm still, you know, always, you're always nervous about what's um, what's in store, what's going to be different for next year. Um, but I feel a lot more comfortable knowing that we've, we've been through the process, you know, a complete year of process. And then people did have fun. Uh, they're coming back. Um, and that, you know, our goal was to have 60% of the teams come back. Uh, and I, I still need to look at the data, but I think we exceeded that a little bit. And then we were able to add more teams. So, um, we want it, we want it to be the premier one day running relay in the country. I think our initial idea was we just wanted to be a one day relay, you know, and, and now, and now I think our goals have changed based on the success we had, but based on sort of where we see the event going in the future. Where is the event going in the future? <laughs> um, or I mean, what can you tell us so, about where it might be going? So I think definitely we, you know, we stubbed our toe on a few things on a race day. Um, that we could we could improve on, and those are those are there's some really easy fixes there, um, and then there are some other things where it's that your expectations higher. You know, you want more. How do we how do we get more breweries involved? How do we how do we have better parking? I mean, there's all kinds of different things that can we can modify slightly to make it a little bit better. Having more teams to me means more people are going to be around you that are having fun. Um, so like the excitement level that was there on race day, um, was contagious. People were happy. They were having a good time. And so we really want to capitalize on that. So how can we make people have a good time to an even higher level? So that's sort of what we're, that's our avenue of where we're thinking on how we can improve in different areas. You know, if that's more music, more beer, more running, you know, like, like there's, there's a lot of different angles we could take um so 
We're excited to see how it progresses. Um, you've talked about experience a few times, and it's mostly been the experience you're delivering for the participants, for the runners, for essentially your customers, um, the people you created this for. But ever since that race day, I've been really curious about what your experience was on the day as you're standing there. <laughs> it's kind of that split thing where part of you is probably just in strict logistics mode, like watching the operations, trying to figure out what needs to happen potentially thinking about what you know you can do in the future but part of you also has to just be sitting there going you know i this is happening because of me this is my vision come to life so like what were your thought processes like what was going through your head as you're watching this all unfold yeah i think you know the evening events that we had before the race like the packet pickup and the socials events that we had we were so dialed in on race day that we really didn't like we weren't really able to enjoy those. Um, but I think when we got race morning happened and um, we did a Facebook live, I, I've never done a Facebook live thing. And I was like, well, I might as well do one. Um, but every start, every 20 minutes when the team started, I did one up until probably 720. Uh, so I did like eight or nine of them. Um, but after the first one and the teams got going and people were actually started and on the road, uh, my wife and I did sort of take a step back and just sort of absorb everything and be like, wow, we did do this. Like, it's actually happening. There were so many times where we were like, is this really going to actually happen? This Are people actually going to run from Asheville to Greenville um, and have fun doing it? And so the starting, we had so much fun at the starting line, which we did not anticipate, but um, everyone was happy, you know, even it was dark and it was early in the morning and, you know, there was people who were so happy and, you know, that just, that really, it just made us feel good. Uh, we really felt good and we're, and we did have this reflection of like, man, we did, we did this, you know, we, we came up with this crazy idea and now it's being executed, which like, I think that was our, my whole thing of like, we've planned, 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 planned and planned even more. And we've tried to be so organized and communicate but I mean, it comes down to can you execute on, on race day? And so once it got going, it was good to sort of take a step back. And then it was full on. There were, I mean, I didn't slow down. And I mean, thank goodness for, you know, portable, you know, batteries for your cell phone. Because my phone was like nonstop. I was on it. Um, I was able to stay at the starting line for a couple hours. And then I essentially drove the whole course and went to every transition area met the volunteers, talked to runners, problem solved the whole time in between, had people to remind me to eat, you know, like it was good. I had one of my best friends from uh, Kentucky in town and he was, I kind of called him my wingman, but he he drove because I knew I would be like on the, on the phone. So he was my driver wingman. um, And he was, he actually was the starter. I don't know if you remember at the thing, he was the one talking to people at the start and running okay, out ahead yeah. of everybody. Um, and now he's on the cover of our our um, website uh, page. I was like, in honor of you, you get to be on the website, which is another cool thing. Like we didn't have any photos for like social media or our website of actually the events. We had to like get all these stock images, which I just, I didn't like, but we didn't have a lot of choice. So now it's all from the event, you know, race weekend, uh, which has been really neat. Um, but we had a fantastic day. And as we made our way down the course, we got, I got a good visual on things like, like I didn't need people to tell me different things of, of where we, where we stubbed our toe, where we screwed up um, because I saw them all. Um, and it was probably just, it would have been just the same if I had actually run the event. So 
bonus also, we had a lot of friends that ran in the event. So I got, you know, real feedback, you know, someone that's not, you know, not going to be afraid to tell me, you know, the truth. And so that was, that was really nice to have as well. Um, but yeah, then, and when we got, we were so tired. I mean, we got up at three something in the morning and barely slept. Uh, and so when we got to the finish line, it was just sort of this, like, I think we, we were kind of done with it. You know, it's like, I think I got there at four. I took a shower and like went over to the finish line. I was like, I just need to sit down for a little bit. It's been a long day, but then the kind of excitement started building back up and people, teams were finishing and, um, God, we had so much, we just had so much fun. I'd like, I, you know, it's, it's great when you have a job that you really, really enjoy. And it, it was, I mean, I can't, the whole weekend was so much fun for us. And then our family that came into town, uh, they had a blast like they, and we worked them to death and they all want to come back. So it's like, all right, well, maybe you did have fun, even though we were all like, you know, just to the grindstone the whole weekend. So I've got a few rapid fire. You don't have to answer rapid fire. Um, okay. but they're kind of shorter questions okay. uh, specifically about you and running. Okay. Uh, do you listen to music or know when you run? So by myself, yes, but I've been running with a group of guys, so there's no music allowed. Except the music you sing to each other. Yeah, there's no singing. <laughs> We're not um, that good. Do you have a preference when it comes to roads versus trails versus, I don't I think that's most of them, beach running, I guess, or anything like that? Like if you had to choose one of those topography styles, is there one you gravitate towards? I, I, it sounds weird, but I like running in the middle of the street. So I don't like sidewalks. Um, and so hence I run early in the morning and we run in the middle of the street. Um, but I'd like more city running than, than trail running. I, if I feel like I'm on a trail, I may just, I'm going to slow down, I think. And I'm not a big fan of hills. So like usually it's a trail. It's, it's, you're going up some mountain or something. So I would say city and the road. So did you really start the Ville de Ville so you could experience something like this without having to run the hills in it? Like you got to drive everything but feel like you were part of the event? No, no. I mean, I, I think it is a goal one day to be able to um, run in it for at least maybe for my wife to actually be able to participate. Uh, we know that's a few years down the road. And then are there any favorite spots you have go-to for running that you're willing to share? I don't want to clog your running ways but it sounds like you might be up earlier than most people anyway yeah i mean i i i love running where there's visual things for me to look at so i'm not thinking about running um so i i mean i really like running on in downtown greenville uh, or any downtown really uh where there's just other things going on obviously that you know earlier in the morning makes it where you can actually run and not worry about traffic and different things like that um people just in the way of you know i wouldn't want to run on a saturday at 11 a.m in downtown greenville on the sidewalks there's just too many people um but my favorite run ever was in france um and just randomly i don't know how i got up actually to go for a run but i went for a run uh, that's the river and through paris of the seine is that right i think so um i ended up like just randomly going for a run and ended up down by the river and the street was closed down for pedestrian and bicyclist exercise and just, uh, I guess it was a weekend day. And so I was like running down this road and there was like no one there in the middle of the road, which I like, obviously. Um, that's probably my favorite run ever, um, which was a lot of years ago. 
Sounds like a pretty memorable run, and definitely not one many people can claim to have experienced. No, especially after like three bottles of wine the night before. <laughs> That's why I can't believe I actually got up to go run. I'm more surprised that you actually remember it. Yeah. <laughs> um, going to start wrapping up here. I do want to make sure we touch on, because um, I know it was a big part of your initial vision for the Bill to Bill, but the charitable aspect yeah. of the race. Um, and if you want to talk about the charities that, you know, benefited this past year, past year, uh, past a month or two, um, and then kind of what the plans are for that moving forward. Yeah. So we, you know, we, our goal of our family was how can we be more philanthropic in the community? And, um, we, we sort of made some just internal goals of like with this race, we may be able to generate, um, some income to help support different things in the community. So our initial outreach was to two charities, uh, one in Asheville food connection and one in Greenville feed and seed that, um, we felt a connection to uh, that we sort of just like said, Hey, we're going to give you guys a donation flat rate. Um, and we're going to use the race as a vehicle to support you. And this is before we had registration open and really before we had any clue that it actually might be popular. And so once we sold out the initial event, we went back to the charities and we were like, Hey, we have a different idea. Um, we really want to use the race as a bigger vehicle to drive the popularity to drive teams actually run for charity. Um, and so really the, the, we ended up having five charity teams, uh, three for the charity in Greenville and two for the charity in Asheville. And they raised uh, somewhere over $17,000 uh, for those two charities combined. It's awesome. Yeah. And so that was, I mean, so we originally had said we would, we would give $2,500 to each charity. So we went from 5,000 total to 17,000. Um, and so we have a foundation that essentially is, we're not, the Vildeville Foundation is not going out to try to raise money for anything. It's just using the race to help support charities. And so we, we, um, we formalized the process that we learned a lot, but we formalized the process for 2019 event and we wanted to have more more charity teams. So we have, we'll end up having 10 charity teams. We have uh, eight confirmed already right now. Uh, and I know one lady has already raised a thousand dollars for next year, which is fantastic. Um, but we also have more charities. Um, so we have um, Meals on Wheels in Greenville, the Ronald McDonald House of the Carolinas, um, the Poe Mill Achievement Center, which is a new after school. Um, program for um, it's sort of a spinoff of the Frazee Center, which I think a lot of people are familiar with. Um, and then Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Western North Carolina, and they service like 10 counties in Western North Carolina. Um, and so, you know, our goal with 10 teams is it would be to raise $30,000. And so, um, you know, we specifically saved a number of teams just for charity. We could have sold those teams very easily. Um, and to have this philanthropic component of the race, one's important. Uh, I think a lot of races are, are very philanthropic and a lot of, you know, raising money for good causes. Um, but two, it's really important for us to show our kids. Uh, and that's really, that was sort of the root dig down when we look at it and real, the meaning is like, how do we impact our community? positively with this event to organizations that are doing things that we like uh, and that we support and that we feel are benefit to the community and benefit to people 
in the community that might not have an option or need help. You know, so we really focused on emergency needs, food, um, and really capacity building needs. Um, so the after school program is a perfect example of that. And that, that charity, they're, they're brand new. They are really just starting up here coming up. They haven't really actually started yet. And they're really kicking off and starting up. And they were, that was the first one that sold the two teams that they got. So like, you know, that, that tells me they're resonating with, uh, the community. So I'm, I'm glad they're involved. I'm glad all the charities are involved and I'm glad that we can continue to support them. And, and we only see that, um, that program and that foundation that we have expanding, you know, we see growth there. Um, and with everyone and with our sponsors and our charities that we, we really call them partners. Um, we, you know, not only are we supporting the charity, but we want to be at events during the year. We want to support them, you know, all year long. Um, so it's, it's really a partnership that we are forming with them and, and hopefully their long-term partnerships. Yeah. It's really amazing what you're doing. And it's awesome to see this event not only exceed expectations as for how popular it was and how it resonated, but this social good component of it to exceed in the first year speed expectations so far and to really grow and become kind of an integral part of it. Um, and for you to be able to leverage this dream that seems to be outpacing all of your expectations on a regular basis for sure um, it's it's been back. it's been fantastic and you know just i'd always work for someone so to have my own little small business has been has been such a joy and um certainly there's different pressures that are associated with that but man, it's just a blast and, and i get to wear shorts and flip-flops every day which is right where i wanted to be <laughs> living the dream yep uh, so we did mention that 2019 is sold out. Um, I know there are more future dates coming up, but if someone listens to this and really wants to be involved, um, I know there are, you know, there's kind of a pool of potential backups, alternates, team filler runners, but what are other ways to get involved with the event? So uh, there's, there's a few ways. If you want to run, there were, there were so many people looking for runners last minute. So like, go to our website, go to our social media pages around March of 2019. Uh, and you can probably get on a team if you want to run with strangers. Um, there, there are a couple charity teams left. Like I mentioned, uh, we have sponsor teams available, not many, um, but we have a few sponsor teams also available. Um, but another aspect is a lot of the teams, like they had people drive. So like, you can be a driver. You get to sort of get to participate and be in the event and enjoy everything and you don't have to run. So if you're not a runner, that's that's sort of my recommended like way of getting really involved. And then we'll probably have 300 volunteers as well, um, you know, that are helping throughout the day, you know, from all, you know, from Asheville to Greenville all over the course. And they're a very important part of, of the success of the race. They really can actually, they can make or break you. Uh, depending on how, you know, how happy and informed and, you know, that they are. So volunteering is another fantastic option. Or you can just come to the finish line party. You don't have to be associated at all. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good option for yeah. many people. Yeah. Um, we mentioned social media a few times and you mentioned the Facebook page for, you know, the runners and backups and drivers and all that. So where are the various social, social channels uh, people can connect with you on? How do they find you there? Yeah, so Instagram and Facebook, it's just Ville to Ville Relay. I think our, our 
official handle and then Twitter's Ville to Ville. God, I tried to have Ville to Ville relay, but it's too many letters apparently. Um, and then, uh, yeah, our website, VilleToVilleRelay.com really has every piece of information from the course, you know, training guides, info about registration, sponsorship, everything's on the website. And a lot of great pictures of a lot of new pictures. Yeah. Check them out. All right. So last question, going to kind of put you on the spot with this one. All right. But, uh, favorite, craziest, funniest outdoor memory. Gosh. Um, when I was in college, this isn't about me. So this is good. Um, when I was in college, we, um, I, I grew up going to the lake. Um, my grandfather had a lake house and I went to it was in at Lake Martin in Alabama. It's a pretty big lake, similar to Lake Hartwell in size. Um, and so I grew up going there. And in college, I went to Auburn. It was about 45 minutes away. And one summer, we got a bunch of friends, and we went up to the lake. And I don't know if my, my dad ended up living there and still does. I don't know if he was not. Oh, he was probably at work. Um, I think about it, you know, middle of the week, college kids just getting out and doing something. But we went to... Um, we got on the pontoon boat, we went out, there's probably seven or eight of us went to this place called chimney rock. Uh, and on chimney rock, you, you climb up it and you jump off into the water and they have a, like a low area, a medium area and then the top. And I jumped off it plenty of times and, but I was driving the boat, so I wasn't, and you can't anchor. So it's like, you, it's too deep. So, um, I'm sort of in the boat, just making sure we don't run into anything. And my buddy goes up and he climbs up the top and he actually jumped off and his feet kind of came out from under him. So he landed on his butt and, you know, he's whining, crying. We're laughing, you know, so we're just dying laughing really. And um, he gets in the boat and his, he's wearing like cut off khaki shorts. They are split from his crotch all the way up to the belt loop in the back. <laughs> From hitting him hitting the water, um, and I will always I think it funny. I think that's probably where you got me with that. But I'll always just remember that his name's Chris. Uh, Chris getting in the boat, like oh, I think I broke my tailbone. And he like turns around and leans over, and we lost it. I mean, lost it because uh, he was just, he was complaining about it hurt, but it was so funny. He ended up being fine. Hey, that's what friends are for. That's right. Yeah. Zach, really appreciate you uh, coming out, taking the time to talk with us, yeah. talk about the Ville de Ville Relay. We're, we had a blast, and we're excited to uh, stay as involved as we can and hopefully run, assuming that we can still find people that want to come back and join the team again. Yes, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. A big thanks to Zach for taking the time to chat with us. If you're interested in learning more about the Ville de Ville Craft Brew Relay or looking for ways to get involved, head to VilleDeVilleRelay.com. Up next on the way out there is Sarah Clough from Grow Food Carolina, a local food hub and the first in the state of South Carolina. Until next time, we'll see you way out there. <laughs>